President Ballard read the passage that said, uh, without me you can do nothing. And it's, uh, it's a perfect segue, really, to what I want to talk about today, which is uh, humility. And uh, humility is kind of a counterintuitive thing because, you know, we put out a character quality and we think, you know, well, I want to strive for that. But humility is sort of, how do you strive for humility, you know? It's, uh, it's forgetting about yourself, not thinking about your effort. Uh, C.S. Lewis defined humility as not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I, I want us to think about today the freedom in that, in, in quitting the obsession with myself and my importance and my position and so forth. And Jesus talks about this in a, uh, in a, in a kind of a story he gives as he watches people choose the best place at the dinner party. You're familiar with this, uh, this part of Jesus' story in Luke uh, 14. So if you want to turn there, we're going to le- read Luke 14, uh, the first 11 verses. Uh, I often used to, when we had actual bookstores around, I would go browse them and look at, look at the new books and so forth. And... Uh, always was interested in the self-help books, not, not necessarily because I had a personal interest, but just to see what was out there. And titles like, you know, Awaken the Giant Within, uh, or Rise to Greatness, or things like that. Those are actual uh, titles. So it's, it's, it's this idea in our culture that to push forth yourself, to find your own uh, greatness and your own superiority in yourself and, and let it shine, you know. Even Blue's Clues, <laughs> Steve said, you can do anything that you want to do. You know, I, is that true, Steve? I don't know. Uh, on what level, you know, can I do anything that I want to do? So we have a lot of this culture Years ago, there was a uh, culture of, of letting me shine and, and being my own hero. Uh, there was a, Whitney Houston had a song, and the main part of it was the hero that is in you. And uh, so we actually have the opposite in the scriptures here, as in, without me, you can do nothing. Uh, so part of the what we want here is to be free from this obsession with trying to be important, with trying to make myself something. When I'm actually nothing, according to Jesus, I'm, I'm valuable. It's like, like being a little kid. Uh, one of the things I remember about being a little kid is I didn't have to participate in all the adult stuff. What a great thing that was. <laughs> I remember sneaking in we were supposed to be in bed, but sneaking into the hallway right by the living room and, and listening to the adults talk that were there visiting with my parents. And uh, I would hear them say something, and then, whoa, they would all laugh, and I thought, that 
is he even funny? <laughs> what, are, what are these people doing? Yeah. But that sense of being like a child is what Jesus speaks about to see the kingdom of heaven, to enter the kingdom of heaven, to come like a child with that kind of sense of it's not all about me and my importance. I'm not the center of things. And there's a lot more freedom and enjoyment when we take on that, uh, that uh, attitude. So let me just read this, and we're going to see that uh, you can choose the humble place, the humble position. Uh, you've, you've heard the existential philosophical statement, wherever you go, there you are. Something to think about. <laughs> uh, but the main point here is wherever you go, choose humility. Choose the humble place. Choose the humble position. So, uh, starting in verse 1 of, of chapter 14. Now, it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, Go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So that's the principle. He, he states the principle, the truth, uh, that is what he's trying to illustrate with the parable here about the wedding feast. Uh, so wherever you go, choose the humble place. And I'm going to get my water here because I need it. Uh, so this frees us up uh, from this prideful kind of brat within us that wants to sit on the throne and be the center of attention and the center of our lives and of the world, and helps us to, to just give up on that, to think of myself less. So choosing the humble place frees me, first of all, from self-inflation. Now, it's interesting here that we have uh, Jesus healed the man of dropsy. Dropsy is a condition in which water is retained in the body leading to swollen limbs. It's interesting, the guy was all swole up, not because he was working out, but because he has a, had a disease. 
And so Jesus heals the man who's swollen up. And that's what we need sometimes. When I'm swollen up with my pride, I need to be put back in the place where I can be free like a little child and just let God be God. You know, you think about, I think about when I was a kid and if somebody had said to me, uh, are you important? Um, I might have said, well, I, I don't think so. But I know that my parents think I'm important. They love me. And it's the same thing for us. It's not me. It's because God loves me, because God values me, because God knows the number of the hairs on my head and so forth. And what a, what a freedom that is. So if I was to go into the bookstore and look in the self-help, would I ever find a book that's entitled, You Are Not Important? <laughs> I doubt so. I doubt that. But Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. And, and Jesus is dropping some just real basic logic on these people, saying, look, don't go right to the most important seat. Go to the one that's lowest. And then if somebody brings you up to the more important one, then you'll have uh, everyone will see it. It's kind of a real simple kind of a thing. So first of all, frees us from self-inflation. Notice that he says when you're invited to the wedding seat, don't sit down in the best place. So he noticed, he told them this parable because he was watching them. He noted how they chose the best places. Human nature, choosing the best place. Uh, where does that come from? It comes from a false <coughs> conception about me. I'm important. And this can, be, can have all kinds of different uh, manifestations. I believe, if you think about this, even self-pity is a form of pride. If you think about it logically, I'm feeling sorry for myself because I'm not as good or I don't have as good a situation as I think I ought to. That's self-pity. So even that is kind of a, a pride. So choosing to be humble, choosing to, uh, instead of giving myself glory, giving God glory, and letting that be the, the mark of my life. Choosing that frees me from a false view of myself. Running around thinking how important I am. How, what a hinge I am in history. What a center of everything. What, how amazing. Because nobody's indispensable, really, right? Except Jesus. So it's okay. So that frees me. I remember... Um, one thing that uh, Shaquille O'Neal said one time really stuck with me. They were interviewing him, and you know Shaquille O'Neal is 7'2", and he's a huge guy. How many of you don't know who Shaquille O'Neal is? I thought so. He's very famous. Uh, so they asked him, well, the, you know, you won the game and so forth, the interviewer, and, and he said, well, I, I, I tried to just play within myself. I tried to just 
not do too much. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Shaquille O'Neal. You are, if not the tallest, you're usually the tallest. You're the biggest guy out there. How could you say, don't do too much? But even he understood that he has limitations and that it will goes better if he tries not to be too much, not to be the hero, play a little team ball, you know. And that really struck me because here he is, this giant man. So thinking of ourselves in proportion to reality is important. And over here in Romans, I want to read just real quick uh, something that Paul has to say. Uh, Romans 12, 3. He says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Think soberly. Think in accordance, lining up with reality, which is the real awesome person is God. It's not me. And so I can let that go. I remember when I was a kid, I was the fastest kid in my neighborhood. And I held that crown for, you know, maybe a year or so. Uh, when I was seven, eight, nine. And it was a real neighborhood. It wasn't just... And I was the fastest kid. There was even this big old kid that lived next door, and I raced him. He was much older than me, and I beat him. And that felt really good. You know, I'm the fastest guy around. Until, I don't remember his name, the other, the, a new kid moved in across the street. And this kid said that he was fast. He's a kind of a stocky little dude, about the same height as me, same age. And uh, so he said he was fast. So the showdown was on. And all the neighborhood kids were around, and we raced, and I lost. I had to deal with that reality. Somebody's always better than you. Did you know that? Usually. So Jesus wants to free us from running around thinking more of ourselves, more highly, as uh, Paul said, than we ought. Because that is living in a fantasy bubble. And it's not being connected with reality, lining up my life with reality. And, and what is reality? Well, Jesus said, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He holds all things together. And so when I turn my eyes upon Jesus, everything else becomes, will, will become dim, even my own ego and my own pride. So I don't have to worry with that. I walk around with some false idea about myself and my importance. Uh, and just, it's okay. Be like a child. Uh, one of the psalms over here that uh, expresses this, Psalm 131, I've always been impressed or intrigued by this psalm because here's King David. It's a very short little psalm. A song of ascents of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, 
nor my eyes lofty. Now notice this, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. My soul is like a child within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. So we have this, this great King David expressing this childlike faith so that I don't have to be living in a fantasy world. Have you ever known somebody like that who is everything is about them? And you got to, to relate to that person, you got to get a running jump and launch yourself into their orbit. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't relate. Because they are the sun of their galaxy. And we all have that temptation. But we can just let that go. Because I'm just little old me. And I can, like Jesus, take his example and just be a servant. That's okay. Philippians 2 is all about that. Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, saying, love one another, after they had been arguing about who's the greatest. Poor old Peter had an inflated view of himself, didn't he? I will die for you, Jesus. Jesus said, well, Peter, you're going to deny me. So Peter was humbled, wasn't he? Sometimes the best thing that can happen to us is to be humbled, isn't it? So that we can step back into reality and walk with the Lord in that way. Uh, one more thing about this first self-inflation that we can be free of. I remember a lady, we, years ago, the churches all used to do cantatas. Anybody remember that? Do they still do that? I don't know. Boy, the cantata. Wasn't that a special thing? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we were doing one of those, and it was, it was fun. We had a, a living in Oregon. My dad was the pastor. We were working on a cantata <coughs> to present, I think, at Christmas. And the, uh, the director gave us all tapes that we could go home and practice at home, you know, with the music. And one lady, uh, we were in choir practice, and she was telling us this story. My, she said, my tape broke. And I just, I know this cantata is so important. God's going to use it. And I believe that my tape broke, and the devil did that so that I wouldn't be able to learn the music and sing. And I was thinking, but you're really not that good a singer. <laughs> So, I don't know why the tape broke, <laughs> but self-inflation does happen, does it not? And we can be free from that. Remembering to humble myself on purpose. Apparently, Jesus thinks we can choose to do this. Despite whatever's happening, my feelings, anything else, I can choose the humble position. So that frees me from self-inflation. 
also self-humiliation. And sometimes this happens. Uh, he says here, Do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him, and he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. So, if we go ahead and take humility as our friend, take the humble position, then that humiliation won't happen. It's a very logical thing, Jesus is saying. So I can save myself this pain and this shame of being humiliated if I'll just go ahead and be humble. And that's okay. I don't have to uh, worry about it if I'm, if I'm just a servant. I don't have to be humiliated. Um, I remember my, uh, my brother, Mark, used to, when we were just kids, used to go around saying, I am great. And he had this mantra, Mark is great, talking about himself, and Michael is fat. <laughs> this, this was his thing. But you know, I felt like maybe that's a little premature. Uh, we're just kids, you know, and we'll see what happens. But uh, that was his mantra. But uh, being humiliated is no fun, is it? To be cut down a few notches, but sometimes it's good for us if we learn the lesson. If we don't just become bitter and flounder around more in our pride and our ego and realize, you know, I'm not that important and it's okay and I, I can take the place of just being a servant. And as Jesus said, just doing what you're supposed to do as a servant and love other people and make them the sun of your galaxy rather than yourself. Uh, so, it saves us from humiliation that we do to ourselves if we're not careful because of this false view, this inflation, this spiritual dropsy that we have. Have you ever noticed that uh, even in your spiritual life, your ego and your pride will raise its ugly head up? I, I know I've done this to myself. Been in an hour of prayer and just being so sincere before God about something that I'm concerned about or some people. And, and all of a sudden the thought rises to me, man, you are spiritual. Does <laughs> that ever happen? I hear some laughs out there. So, Isn't it amazing that our pride and our ego can sour and poison even that, that precious relationship if we're not careful? So we want to be, we want to choose to be humble, choose, um, even though that's embarrassing to have that prideful thought, just to immediately say, Lord, that's, that's what I'm like without you. I need you. Every hour, like the song, it was a great song, it's a, a perfect uh, warm-up for the subject today, I appreciate that. So self-humiliation can be avoided, and then finally, uh, choosing the humble place frees us from self-exaltation. What am I talking about? I'm talking about all the work that it takes 
to promote myself so that other people think I'm important. Now, that we know that's the way of the world, right? And it's, I'm, I'm really so thankful that that sort of self-exaltation, self-promotion, never comes into the church or the, our Christianity, aren't you? What? You never see that. Well, obviously, this lesson was for not just the Pharisees, the lawyers, but also anybody else who happened to be there, his disciples. And he had to tell the disciples over and over and over, even up until the end, be a servant to one another. The least of you, the least is the greatest in the kingdom. It's all upside down from the natural impulses that we have to exalt myself. And the thing about it is, what is this free? If we take this um, principle seriously, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It frees me from all the work that it takes to make sure everybody's good about me. Everybody thinks I'm important. And what a freedom it is not to worry about what everybody else thinks. And there's logical reasons to do that. One, you can't control that. Somebody, because of their own, whatever's going on inside them, can get the wrong idea about you and think poorly of you, right? You can't control that. So you may as well go ahead and humble yourself and just figure, I'm not that big of a deal. And if somebody treats you like that, you say, well, that's, that's the way it is. So that, as he says here, verse 10, but when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he invited you comes, he may say to your friend, go up higher. Then you'll have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you so that you let somebody else exalt you. Somebody else do the work of exalting you. You wait for that. Whatever exaltation comes will be an outside force. And it does, the Bible does say again and again that God will exalt the humble whatever that means for your personal life. So that I can, uh, I can see that over here in, in Proverbs, Proverbs 27. Find that real quick here. Stated succinctly, let another man praise you and not your own mouth. Sometimes I go to these Christian conferences and I wonder if, any of these men and people have ever read this proverb? <laughs> Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. So, the principle, if I humble myself and let somebody else exalt me, then I'm free from having to do all the work of self-promotion and self-exaltation. Uh, I don't have to uh, honor myself all the time. I don't have to talk about myself. Like, 
hey, as the sun of my own galaxy, look how bright and shiny I am. You know? there were the, we were playing basketball uh, yesterday, and, there, and, and all of a sudden we looked over, and there was this, this little audience we had standing at the door. These cute little kids. I don't even know who they are, but cute as they could be. Uh, several of them there, s sisters and brothers. And they were just watching us as if what we were doing was important, you know. And I made a couple of hoops over on Dave. Where are you, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> he, he later fell on me. I don't know if that was <laughs> on purpose. But anyway, it was so cute to watch those kids uh, watching us as if what we were doing was important. Uh, we knew it wasn't. But what a, what a pleasure that is to let somebody else give you some encouragement, some honor. And you know what, to me, I think about, I have the privilege, instead of working so hard for myself, which doesn't work, to do that for somebody else. Give them honor. I remember when I was a pastor in North Carolina, uh, there was an elderly lady, sweetest lady, named Doris. And she invited us over to eat at her house. And she had like a three-room house, just a little kind of a shack. It was very nicely kept, though, painted. And, but she didn't really have indoor plumbing. Uh, she didn't have a bathroom. So and she, she drove this old, old car uh, that she had had for years and years. But she invited us over, and she put this huge spread out for us, a beautiful meal, venison with gravy, some of the best venison I've ever had. And in this little tiny dining room, and over the door was a little plaque, and it said, Say what's in your heart. Now, for most people, I wouldn't want you to do that. <laughs> but Doris, I never heard her say anything bad about anybody. And she was mostly quiet, just so gentle and loving. And to me, say what's in your heart. That touched me because so often I will think good things, honorable things about people. And I won't say them to them. Why is that? Because of my own pride. When I could be an encouragement to them and be used of God to lift them up if I put myself out of the way and quit working so hard to do that for myself, which, according to Jesus, isn't going to happen. If we exalt ourselves, we'll be humbled. And sometimes that's just the grace of the Lord to humble me and to remind me. So if I choose the humble place, which is to be concerned about the other person's honor, then I'm free from self-inflation, this false view of myself as important, you know, making my way through the jungle of the world and being strong and all this, and trusting the Lord free from self-humiliation and from self-exaltation, trying so hard 
to get other people to think I'm important. And letting the Lord handle that. And maybe giving that gift to other people. The little boy, I went over and talked to these kids that were watching us play basketball. And this cutest little boy with blonde, curly hair. And he, uh, I said, how old are you? I'm, I'm going to be five. And his sister, no, you're going to be four. I'm going to be four. <laughs> and I, and I, he was telling me things. I said, you, man, you know a lot of stuff. And so he immediately went into A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he did the whole thing. And I waited and I said, man, that is awesome. But to be able to give that gift to lift up that little kid in that, just that moment, uh, that's, what, that's what it's all about. That's what we're built for, is to praise others, and especially God. So we choose the humble place, and it frees us from all sorts of nonsense. And this is Jesus' simple, logical principle uh, that we can line our, our lives up with the reality that God is great. And I'm not. But in Him, I'm valuable. In Him, because of Him, because of His love, He's exalted me in ways that I don't deserve. And I'm going to let Him do it in His time. And uh, otherwise, do what He told me to do. Be a servant. Honor other people. Love them. Treat them like I'd want to be treated in humility. So let's close with prayer. Lord, we thank You for the simple wisdom of Your Word. Lord, we know, I know that for me, the tendency to want to exalt myself and have other people think I'm important is ever-present. Lord, thank you for the wisdom that's here that I can follow. And just put all of that, whether I'm important or not or valuable, into your hands and then look at the cross. And clearly see in that sacrifice that I'm important. And Lord, help me to not hold back the honor and the preference that I owe to other people because of who they are in you, what they do to contribute to my life and just say what's in my heart, those good things. Or because I know if I look at the golden rule, that's what I would want to be appreciated, and I can give that gift to other people. Lord, we thank you that you've given us the greatest example of humility. When you came as a little baby and you grew up in this old world and everyone hated you, and yet you knew what you were about, And you exchanged your death to give us life. Put us to death there on the cross so that we could be free from the tyranny of our self and move into the freedom of a relationship with you as our Lord, just trusting you like children, 
Lord, thank you for all you've done for us, the great riches that we have in, in our spiritual treasure because of Jesus Christ, his very presence with us through the Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.